Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host as always, Mark Davison. Mark, how you doing? Doing really good, Matty. What are we on the eve of uh, Super Bowl here and it's on our, on our Sunday, you would Joining uh, BTSC on your Saturday night, uh, I, I believe it would be around 5 p.m. Um, never eat soggy wheat bix, so that that would be on the on the East Coast, I I think. Um, yeah, I'm doing like really well. We've got Super Bowl tomorrow, and we've got a, you know quite a few topics to cover, and hopefully we can give our idea on how we experience Super Bowl in Australia, which is very different to um, going overseas and enjoying it in the United States. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So as Mark said, we could join you guys live from the future. It's Sunday morning. It's getting a bit of a hot day here, I think, for both of us. Um, but yeah, it's awesome to be able to join you guys right before what is often the biggest game of the season. I don't know if it's the biggest, biggest game of the season for us as Steeler fans, but no doubt everyone, a Super Bowl is just a part of your culture over there. So it's awesome to be able to participate with you guys from the other side of the world. Um, this week's title very much centered around the chief concern for Steelers fans is Brady winning seven. You know, the Steelers were first to six Super Bowls. You know, then Brady was able to get six with the New England Patriots, you know, all six of their Super Bowls. And believe it or not, in 36 hours time or whatever it will be, Brady might have a seventh. And that would be more than any team um, standalone. So that that's an incredible feat. But... As we sort of talked about a couple of weeks ago, from my perspective, let's hope the Chiefs can stop them. But we'll be cracking into that. And then this week's show, this today's show as well, we'll be looking at 
how the Steelers can get back into the big game. And I know there's varying different opinions on what that will be and how long it will be and what have you. And we're really keen to sort of get that, that those live chats going. Speaking of the live chat, we've got Daredevil in here. We've got McDave Clenord, Avian Mori's in there, Snowman, you know, big regular in there like Daredevil, you know. It's just it's just awesome to have you guys with us, still a nation 420. You know, no doubt that'll fill up with all the regulars. But Mark, I'm gonna just quickly touch on something there. You said, which some people was uh, dropping in might have missed, never eat soggy wheat bix. Now I know wheat bix is a cereal over here, it's a big <laughs> one for Australians. Well, what's never eat soggy wheat bix? Uh, that's my way of saying north, wait, northeast, southwest. Does that even do that correctly? See, it's it's so hard without doing it. Never eat soggy wheat bigs is my way of saying, you know, how to use my compass and how to get my bearings uh, correct. So, you know, because America and Canada are a massive, uh, you know, a massive plane of, of fields. So you've got on the west, you've got Vancouver. On the on the, uh, the west again, you've got San Fran. But on the east, you've got Pittsburgh and New York. It's just my easy way of saying um, to get my directions right and get things, you know, focused. Let's, let's put it that way. It's just easier. Yeah, because for everyone over there in North America or around the world, you do not want to eat soggy wheat bix. That's <laughs> you don't want to eat really dry wheat bix either. But you know, we can go into questions about that in a little bit. Good to see Ezra in the live chat as well. Donald Nolan. In fact, I'm going to bring up Donald Nolan. So let's let's get the live chat going straight off the bat. So Brady going to be remembered for four losses just as much as his six wins. I think for all of us out there, um, if you're fans of different teams, 100. percent but if you're the <laughs> the mainstream media of the NFL, <laughs> Brady can do no wrong. But don't worry, I remember that one, so that's all good with me. But look, Mark, it's been a big, it's you know, been a it's been a weird week for the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Yeah. I feel it's been like quiet, but then there's been some things going on. You know, we we saw offensive line coach come in and Adrian Clem, well, in terms of come in being promoted internally. You know, you had Mike Sullivan, who's obviously not the Penguins coach from, uh, you know, the NHL. He's come in as well. You know, there's some other leaking news around about what the Steelers might be doing, and the Steelers were looking at a few college players this week as well. What's what stood out for you this week for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, maybe maybe just getting all their coaches in order. Like I know it was said on one of the other BTSC um, podcasts, like, and I'm not I'm not a pro. I don't know who these coaches are like there's about you know 15 of them on our on our crew all i know is that i want mike tomlin to succeed but if he's going to get the the fellas around him and we can start to put you know this is the this is the beginning of our our 2021 season is getting all our coaches in order starting to address the free agents and then signing players um you know to futures contracts and stuff like that and this is also the, the period of time where if you go into the transaction um site on Pittsburgh Steelers, you'll see that, you know, players come and they leave and within three days they're back. So it's like, oh, why are we going to sign, you know, they got rid of Trey Edmonds and then four days later they brought him back. So it's it's just the way the organization has to work. Um, it's very different to other other jobs, I guess. Like we wouldn't cut someone and bring them back four days later. But yeah, it's pretty intriguing overall. But I just want to see, you know, as long as they've got their head right and then we start to draft some players and, and sign some key players like my mate, Mike, Mike Hilton, then I'll be happy. So, you know, I don't really go into this, that, that stuff too much because I know once I try and figure it out, I'll probably get it wrong and I'll change something and then you're back to square one. <laughs> well, my so, mate, Cameron Sutton over <laughs> here, <laughs> Mark and I got the boxing gloves on. Mark's like Mike Hilton. And I'm like, 
there's Cameron Sutton and, and what have you. But I think we'd both be pleased whoever gets signed there, even still. Mark, it's popping up here for him in the live chat as well. Um, and it's one not to ignore, given that we're not we're not necessarily sure what's happening with Ben. I saw a, a social media post in the last 24 hours around apparently the Steelers will meet with Ben after the Super Bowl. I think that's you know, people beefing up news that was always going to be there, probably giving Ben a couple of weeks to, you know, have a think about what he wants to do. The Steelers get a chance to think about what they want to do, have conversations with different people to work out what salary cap they do and don't have. Obviously, Art Rooney's already come out and said, you know, that they're going to have to work on different numbers. And I, and I do honestly think they're going to have to do that. But equally, the quarterback carousel around the league is starting to kick off, and I think it's going to be bigger than ever. You know, will Rodgers be back in in Green Bay? What does that affect things? You know, we saw the trade as well in the last week with, you know, you know Jared Goff going over to Detroit, Matt Stafford going to the LA Rams. That's a big deal for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think Michael Beck wrote an article on this as well, but I was thinking it as the trade happened. Detroit were a potential team that could have gone after a quarterback in this year's draft. So, if the Steelers are thinking that way, that gives them options now in the in the draft. Um, but equally, Carson Wentz, you know, will he be back for the Philadelphia Eagles? You know, I saw a rumor of him going to Chicago and then Mitch Trubisky's on the table. And apparently people are saying the Steelers are in on Mitch Trubisky. I don't think they are, but, you know, that's just that height. But, you know, oh, and then in the, in the last 12 hours, I think it's been, it's come out that um, Drew Brees' contract's been renegotiated with the Saints. Most people thought he'd retire. It's been renegotiated so they can spread the cap, like what they've talked about doing with Ben if he goes. So they're saving $24 million on this year's cap. And, you know, we talk about the Steelers being, you know, 20 to 30 million over the cap. The Saints are almost 100 million over the cap for this year. So that's a big deal for them. But I guess my point being, there's a lot of potential changes going on at quarterback. And, and how do you feel this is going to roll on now we're starting to see it? Because I feel like we're seeing it even earlier than what we usually do. It's a little funny with the, the Stafford trade and the Goff trade because I know they gave away two picks. Um, wait, the, the Rams gave away two picks, right? And they haven't had a first pick in about four years. Yeah. So that, you know, I don't know the cap stuff, but I'm like, why would you give away two picks? I know they had to do something with money. And stuff like that, but that's almost like, uh, are you are you getting a better player if you bring Stafford in? Is he going to change change everything in that Rams culture? And will Jared Goff get a better start in Detroit, where they'll have more more picks to to build around that um, that QB, or even will Goff be a, a QB in in the uh, in the Lions? Yeah, and it's an interesting one, and I can see you and I going down this tangent now for for a fair amount of this first part of the show, but. I think it's a really interesting one when you look at that trade specifically. Um, I think it's a lot of teams win now. I think the Brady effect of what he did with the Bucks this year, I think a few teams, you know, um, are going to latch on to this. The NFL follows each other. I mean, we saw that when Denver won in 2012. You know, everyone realized you had to have, you know, you always did, but even more so you needed to have bookend, you know, outside linebackers and, and really good pass rush from your edge as well. So, I see that happening now in the quarterback position. And when I look at Matt Stafford, it's, it's it's what you say. It's interesting because Goff's quite young. He's not done too badly. His interception to TD ratio is not great. But if I look at it, I think both teams got what they wanted out of this. I mean, the LA Rams are paying really, you know, they've got some massive contracts at the moment. So they could do with draft picks to come in and, and help that out. But they're in win-now mode. Like they after going to the Super Bowl, you know, against the, the Patriots there, they didn't win that. 
They've got players coming off contract in the next few years. They've got a lot of players around that 28 to 31 year old mark. Um, they need someone like a Stafford. I think if Stafford as well, whilst he throws picks and he was behind a pretty average, you know, Detroit team, he can he's got a better arm than Goff. So for me, I like if I'm a Rams fan, I'm going, you know what, at least he might be able to throw us a little bit out of trouble. Equally, if I'm Jared Goff, the lifestyle if you're in your mid-20s of Detroit versus, and it's not, it's no slight, it's, he's coming from this Hollywood. He, you know, he was a California bear as well. I think it's going to be very different for him to go from LA to Detroit. But if he can focus in in Detroit, he could have a lot of success, particularly because he's done really well when he's had a really good running back. And if you look at the sort of game that this new coach, this Dan Campbell, wants to play in Detroit, it's no doubt that smash mouth ball where Jared Goff can play off the play action. This might work out better than what it looks like on paper right now for both teams. Well, that's what I'm thinking. So with Jared Goff going to the Lions, won't he have more a better team around him with the draft and, and certain players coming in and, and more opportunity to to succeed. Where I, what I see as a, as a fan, only a fan, is that, you know, Stafford tried his best over there for the last 11 years. Now he's going to the Rams. However, he's got no first-round picks. He's got nothing really. He just, it's just Stafford over there. And if he goes to the Rams and doesn't play good football, plays mediocre football, um, where, where's the future of that, that franchise with the Rams? I, I believe I think the, the Lions the Lions won this trade. I think if if you've had the picks, players, the if, picks yeah, the you line had, they won it, like for me. You didn't get anything out of it. I think it was only one was it one playoff appearance. Yeah. And I, I think, think so. you lost. Now and the Lions have been in the dirt for a, a long time for you know, you know, and they actually it's one of my stats here. They have never um won a Super Bowl. And I don't I don't believe they've never been to a Super Bowl. Um so it's it's, it's got to come to a point where they start to you know, turn into a bit of franchise and maybe you do that by acquiring more picks and you've tried Stafford for 11 years or so. Let's move on. I'm not saying we do that with Big Ben because we've had success with Big Ben, but I just don't know. I think these two teams, they both, like you said, they both kind of won and they both just they just swap quarterbacks and they're like, okay, let's start the new year and, and see what happens. Yeah. 100%. I, I, it's going to be really interesting. And we won't know who wins this as well for a few seasons when, A, both quarterbacks have had a chance to sort of play with their teams and, B, the picks have rolled out because those picks for Detroit, who knows what they're going to turn into. The other one that I've seen collect a bit of steam and um, McDave Clenord's brought it up is Aaron Jones um, would be – uh, Donald Nolan brought it up, I should say, but you, um, I'm bringing up McDave Clenord's point about it because, I mean, I agree. Like, Aaron Jones – would be great, but I think the Steelers are being linked purely because it's not clear cut who our lead running back is going to be last year. I just can't see in this year with twenty free agents, the Steelers' salary cap potential issues there. I just can't see us paying the money that Aaron Jones wants. I just I don't see it. Like great, but I, I, I yeah, for me it's just not a feasible one. But if you could have him, Mark, would you? Like, is he a top? Is he a top five NFL running back for you? Because you're gonna have to pay him uh, top five money. I I don't I'm not too sure if he'd be top five running back, but he's got to be something better than what we have. No offense to Connor Snell and uh, McFarlane. Um, this look, if you bring in someone like that, and I joked last week about bringing in Frank Gore, I was only mucking around. But if you bring in Jones or someone like that, you need an instant improvement with the running game and the O line. So it's it's got to it's got to make something happen. Um, 
look, if, if it happened, there's, there's got to be a reason why it happened. We brought in uh, Stephen Nelson, you know, a few years ago, and he's, he's played lights out football. So why not? If he's, if he's a free agent and he's going to help our team improve, I, I don't see if there's any fuss. Now, if he's asking for big money and that hurts a lot of the other stuff to do with all the other players we need to resign, then maybe not. Maybe look to the draft or maybe Connor moves on and you you you, you go with I almost said it, you go with Snell, but I don't know. <laughs> that was really hard to say. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you can go with Snell as your lead back. I think I don't for know me why as that well, came up. Aaron Jones, if you're gonna bring in Aaron Jones, the Steelers have got to start alternating between their running backs a bit more. Like he's not gonna be he's not gonna be the workhorse that you know Mike Tomlin sort of loves that's for me where he doesn't make top six in that like you've got to you've got to pair him with someone i mean i i i'm starting to think you need to pair most running backs with different you know with with backup guys as well anyway but you know it's an, it's an interesting one no doubt he he's electric um can do a lot in that pass game as well so yeah um whichever team gets aaron jones good luck but i think green bay will try to keep him particularly if they're not going to keep rogers for whatever reason i think they'll they'll, they'll look to see how they can they can keep him in. But let's get back into Steelers. So, Mark, you we were talking a little bit off air as well about the Super Bowl, our memories or what have you. Tell me a little bit about your first Super Bowl memory. Yeah, so it's quite weird. And I've been thinking this because, you know, um, I'm like bad as well. And I've, uh, I've, I think Super Bowl is the best day of the year. Um, and if I can go into my very, very, very first memory, and it was, funnily enough, like I was about, I think, 13, 14 years old. And we went up to, me and my family went up to Australia, um, up north in, in, the Queens, in Queensland, up the coast there. And I remember when we were hanging out on holiday, I must have been about 13 or 14 when I was starting to get into football. And I still had no idea. I remember reading the newspaper and it was Patriots versus, I think it was uh, Carolina. And they won 32-29. And that, that's my very first memory of the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know if I watched the Super Bowl before that when I was 12, 13, or whichever. However, I do remember my dad opening the, the paper and I went, oh, okay, Brady won and versus, versus the Panthers. So, And then it started, started to go from there. And then, obviously, um, yeah, I, I think I, I've been to Super Bowl 50 and 51 in the city. And maybe we can talk about that as we go on. But... It's it's honestly the best day of the year. Like, what what's what's your first uh, first memory? Yeah, so it was actually a bit before I was like a proper Steelers fan. I think that Super Bowl, you know, that that second one that that Ben got there in that two thousand and nine Super Bowl. I remember watching it, and like, I remember just like this, and it probably what started because as, as regular fans of whether it's Steelers touchdown under on the audio side or the YouTube side um, have experienced it's like where I've talked about, you know, how I sort of was introduced to the NFL by the Chargers. Sort of, but I remember seeing this, this Troy Polamalu. I just remember in that Super Bowl, just everything was just this, this guy that just smashed everyone that was super fast, you know, out of the, out of the, in that secondary. And just like this, this team that, you know, just had this, this, it was just clinical. Like I just had this sense of like, they were going to win. And I think, you know, obviously go walk back and watch that game. Obviously they did win it. But like, I remember just sitting there going, that team was always going to win it. I know it came down to that last, you know, that last sort of play as well, but I remember just thinking, this is incredible. Um, but equally, I think the Super Bowl that I've almost enjoyed the most, if I'm, I'm being completely transparent on it, was actually the Saints when I was started to really get tuned into the NFL, 
was the Super Bowl at the end of the 09 season. So the the in the 2010 one with the Saints versus the um the Colts. Oh, and I remember yeah. the Colts going in there and it was like, yeah. you know, you had Peyton Manning and you had Dwight Freeney and you had, you know, um Reggie Wayne and you know Reggie Wayne, yeah, I think so Reggie Wayne. Um you had like all these like amazing Colts players that had done it for so long. You know, it was just it was incredible. And then you had Drew Brees and the Saints, who were this team that sort of come out of like, you know, the hurricane, you know, and have just sort of banded together. And, you know, they had a really good defense, but they were, it was still like, oh, Drew Brees is never going to get over um, Peyton Manning. And I just remember like, there was just something about that game. And you saw it. I think Darren Sharper had that like interception where he ran it like the full field. And then you had, you know, the onside kick to start the second half. And I just remember thinking like, for me, it was I understood from that game that I, like you'd always heard about the Super Bowl even as a kid growing up in Australia on the other side of the world. But when I saw the flashing lights, the production of it, I think it really hit home to me what a big deal yeah. the Super Bowl was. I think it draws you in, and that's what yeah. You know, I think for you and I being on this opportunity to talk football and talk uh, Super Bowl and everything about football, being on the other side of the world now, being nine thirty a.m. It's a spectacle in itself. Like, I always think, you know, the NFL teams are warriors and, like, it's, it's one great team against another great team. And this year we have it down to two franchises who are going to win Super Bowl. And that's going to be in the history books. Um, like, I've been watching the last few days and uh, with that Super Bowl 43, and you know, you, as you brought up uh, Troy, the very last moment I saw of uh, Troy and what really made him one more percent of my book, even better than what he is, as soon as they won, he went across to the other the other, uh, other bench, the other field, and started to shake their hands. He didn't celebrate. He didn't – I like you can look it up on, on YouTube or go on to Game Pass. I never saw it before, and I thought, wow, like Troy is such a good player. Everyone's celebrating. Everyone's running to their teammates. Troy, Troy wanted to find the first Arizona Cardinal and shake their hand and say thank you. Um, that's a special Super Bowl, and I think as the longer it goes on now, we'll talk about maybe in part two um, how they still get back there. But it makes you appreciate those times when you when you you know started to watch football or when they won that game and you're like wow this is like a great journey and and as a fan it's just it's just yeah we want that ride again I know how like like Super Bowl um, fifty one I I went over to to Houston and that that was the the year that the Steelers got beat by the Pats um, I was planning to go with my mate um, who's a Patriot fan we went over there and it was so. It, when I was living in Canada, it broke my heart. Uh, we went out for drinks after, and I was in a really somber mood because my steel was lost, and I knew I was going to the city the week after. And you just want you want to enjoy it so bad, and then you just don't get there. So the, the ride to get there is just as good as being in the Super Bowl. And you reflect that with the the players on the field, and you know Jerome Bettis, Heinz Ward, uh, Santonio Holmes, like those guys. Uh, James Harrison with the pick six is going right down. Like I've watched that play. A million times and there's it's really it's really like we could do a podcast on that it's poetry in motion how all the banner brothers went around uh harrison and got him to the end and then he lays down he's like i am done he but was on the oxygen there. after that i i think yeah. when you go to the scene when they went to the, to the kickoff after that <laughs> i think he still is there's a meme out there that he still is on the oxygen um <laughs> look yeah that's what i guess we wanted this year and it has been like you said it's been a wild and crazy year um, no fans in the stand, so maybe you know next year can be the push. We get over the hump, and I think a lot of fans this year we thought 
we have a great team. We've got Ben. We can do this. We just didn't have the running game. We didn't have the the mental fortitude to to actually go through with it. So, yeah, it's it's something that you know, like I said before, there's 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 eleven teams who've never won it. So, and we've won six out of out of eight. So it's you got to be thankful for that. But I know we we all want to chase that number that number seven for sure. That's it. That's it. I mean, I think you hit on the head there, and, and Dalton Nolan said it as well. Like with Polamalu, you can't teach class. You know, class is just either in you or it's not. Um, and I think when you've got Troy Polamalu, that's all class there. So, you know, and I know it's been talked about in a couple of the other shows, but you know, I think we, Mark and I, as as long as we come in, you know, last at the end of the week, we still got some things that we want to talk about and give our ten cents worth. You've obviously got, you know, um, you know. It's pretty clear. I like the odd rant or two. I like to give my thoughts, but um, you know, you've, this week you've got two Steelers in the Super Bowl or ex Steelers, I should say. Antonio Brown, Mister Third and Fifth, or Mister Gummy Richards, as Lance Williams like to call him, and you've got Mister Butt Naked and Robbed in Le'Veon Bell. Mark, <laughs> assuming Le'Veon Bell's active. Who's going to have a bigger game? And assuming that Antonio Brown's not out either, because I know that he's got some injury concerns. I, I don't know. I'm not even sure if it really matters. Um, can I, okay, I just gonna... different question for you then. Different question for you Because <laughs> I don't think it matters either. I don't think either team, they're going to, it's not, it, their, their, play, their Super Bowl hopes are not riding off either player. Not so, at all. Who do you think's going to gloat more about the fact that if they – so assuming that they both won, right? So assuming Antonio Brown won or in a, in a world where Le'Veon Bell wins, who do you think is going to gloat more about how good it is to be with this team and it's so much better than being with the Steelers? If you're going to pick who's going to do that, who do you reckon it is? I'd, I'd probably say Bell because I think I haven't heard too much of AB and I've still follow him on, I think, Instagram. But like I said before, I don't. I really don't think it matters. I know, you, I know you're trying to get a, uh, an answer and a bay out of me, um, but I put it to, to this similar context. It'd be similar to as if if our Steelers made it and all of Australia talked about Jordan Berry. We don't we don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear about Bell or Brown. They didn't get either team to the Super Bowl. Um, Mahomes did with Chiefs and Brady did with the Bucks. And there's other key pieces around that. And they just seem to be hanging on the edge. Like, oh, I'm, I'm sure you're with the team, great. And you were, you know, there were great Steelers. AB is one of, if not the best receiver we've ever had. And he, he was unbelievable at his craft. Um, Bill the same at the at the RB. But we've moved on. We don't have to bring them up anymore. And uh, you might have a different point to me, but I don't overly care. Like, I've still got a brown jersey and uh, I respect uh, Bell's play and how he played football, the way he ran. And if he ran uh, in our offense this year, he might have had a better chance. But I don't overly care to see if they get a Super Bowl and if they're going to rub it into the Steelers' Steelers' face or through media or, you know, even when Bruce Arians had that few comments, it's like, it's whatever. It's, it doesn't it doesn't overly matter, I think, anyway. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think it's about being the adult in the room and just going, well, okay, so what? Like, and that's the thing that doesn't matter for me. Like, I don't, you know, and Donald Nolan's brought up in the live chat, apparently Arthur Motes came out and talked about them bringing them back. The Steelers have salary cap concerns. If they want to pay $1 to both of those players, I'm totally against that. You know, we are a much better cohesive culture for not having those two players. And Bell is slow. Like, he's so slow. When you see him on that ball, I'm... <laughs> 
I'm surprised. I'm surprised how the Kansas City Chiefs are integrating him in. But I agree with you, Mike, because it's a bit unfair to a few of the other, like to all the other players when on the Chiefs and on the Bucks rosters there who have literally like come through and done everything right. You know, those teams were going to be in this playoff contention regardless. As we said, those two players didn't necessarily define it. I also know, you know, in the previous show they covered, um, you know, with Bad and, and Jeff and Dave, they covered a few of the other different Steelers, you know, ex-players that are involved involved in this one. But, Mike, if you could pick one player from each team and bring him into the Pittsburgh Steelers, knowing that they're now, they're both teams now in the Super Bowl, who would they be? You know what? I'm going to get a bit of hate for this. But Don't, if you say head, Tom Brady, if you said Tom Brady. No, no, off the top of my head, LeGarrette Blunt. I know he already played for us. But he's a big unit, and we I just keep bringing it back. This is what I've been stressing it all year. We needed something on that running game to get that three yards. Um, he did an amazing play. I know his history is all bad and, and whatever and doing all kinds of things. Um, but I know he played for us and didn't sat down and was, you know, eating his Snickers bar and didn't want to play. But at this time of his ability right now, Blunt, because that, um, that run he did last week against uh, Green Bay where he – Pushed him off, did a spin, you know, like beast mode. He's starting. He's a, he's a good player, and I, I think he'll turn up for this for this Super Bowl for sure. Um, are we doing Chiefs as well? Yep. Okay, Chiefs. As much as I don't like similar thing to like Brady and like he's he's too good in that. It's got to be um, Kelsey. The the yeah. tight end. He's a good tight end, isn't he? Like <laughs> he's just. Yeah, you see him run his routes, and he—I don't know if it's like he's got position on the on the cornerback. Um, the ball is always in front of him. He's always got good uh, body position where he, he blocks out the the defense, and he, he's a big unit. You can't tackle him. Um, if he was with Big Ben, similar to like a Heath Miller kind of guy, yeah, he was—he's going to improve your team, and he improves that Chiefs team a lot. He just knows where to be when Mahomes is running around crazy. Um, yeah, it's, there's a few other players you could probably think, but uh, I don't know. What What are your thoughts on the situation? I'd take Tyrone Matthew. I'd, I'd, I'd like. Yep. I'd definitely bring the honey badger there, and you know, you could find ways to work Edmonds around him. I just think what you could do with those two together is big. It would give us a big you know, that we haven't had since since Polamalu, and it's a tough one. I like for me on the on the Buck side, it's like, do you bring in Tristan Wirfs to like sort of like improve your um, offensive line or do you bring in a guy I've always liked him since he got drafted Vitavea like get someone in the middle that's just gonna smack you left right and center like is he is he so, the bloke with the massive hair yeah 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 he yeah he's a massive unit too yeah there's there's some guys like that I was whole hoping the Steelers I mean it wasn't right for him when he came through the draft but I was just like just bring that guy in he's just a more like just absolutely bring that guy in like it was just yeah, someone I'd always, I'd always try and go after in fantasy or Madden or whatever. I just, I don't know. It's something I like Vita Vea. <laughs> so. Will the Bucks have a? Can they look? This is the big thing for our Steelers too, coming to the next few years with uh, my homies. And can the Bucks um, D line force him into some trouble and some, and some pressure? And I don't know. Can you even can you even um, sack all my homies? Like, how do you? He's, he's such a blokey. Like. How do you contain this guy to to force him into errors? Is it that front? Is it that front four? And um, who's the other bloke? Uh, Devin, 
Uh, Devin White along there too. Yeah. What do you, yeah, I mean, what do you Devin do? White's playing some awesome, awesome football. And I think in five years' time, we're going to be looking back at that draft where you got Devin White and Devin Bush and you're going to be like, how are the top two middle linebackers have come out in the same draft with the same first name? I think it was three or four picks apart. <laughs> so it's going to be – it's incredible to think that there. Um yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting. There's some great players on both teams. But, Mark, to sort of finish part one, because believe it or not, we've flown through the first sort of half hour-ish of the show. It's nuts. As as we always like to do in this show, we like to sling the slang as Ben likes to sling the rock or as Brady and Patrick Mahomes will be slinging the rock this in this week's or this year's Super Bowl, which is coming up in the next sort of 24 hours. Mark, what's your sling in the slang, your Aussie word for this week? All right, I've been saving this one all year. If 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 the, this player did make the Super Bowl, in which he did, um, let's talk about Gronkowski being a Gronk. Have you heard of Have you heard of that? Uh, I okay. have, I have. So in America and maybe all around the world, they call Gronkowski Gronk. However, in Australia, a Gronk is like an like an idiot, um, aloof, um, someone with a big ego, and and you know, hasn't got any smarts. That like, you know, it's a bit like Gronkowski, really. But I don't know if you guys down there uh, or over in America, you know, we say, well, that guy's a Gronk, which means, like, he's just an idiot. Like, he just doesn't have, you know, he's two cents short of a um, – yeah, the name the name fits. Um, I don't know. I, I thought – do you have the same one this week? Because I thought we might have done – could have been, like, in plain sight. No, no, no. I got a different one, but I wanted to quote <laughs> Dylan Nolan. I did hear Mark say Sackle. I just thought I'd like to let it go through to the keeper and I'd just go, yeah, whatever. It was just like, to me, it was just seeing my seeing my interception on the big screen and just going, okay, I'll get past it. So thank you for reminding us of that, Don, Donald Nolan. Um, yes, I thought we were going to have the same one this week, but we don't, believe it or not. Right. So I've got a good one for you, Mark. And I don't know... <laughs> I don't know whether they actually have this in the US or not, to be honest. But it's just quintessential Aussie when I when I can't when I sort of talk about this word. So, um, and I'll explain why. But for me, my sling and the slang for this week, given that we've got Devin White in this Super Bowl, and given that we've got Devin Bush on the Pittsburgh yeah, Steelers, yeah. <laughs> you can see I can see it in Mark's face. So my my Aussie word for the week is Devon, but instead of D E V I and it's D E V O N, which is obviously a place in England, um, the north of England, for some of you out there might have heard of. But in Australia, Devon is also, uh, um, and I said you might have this in the US, I'm not sure, but it's basically a manufactured meat. Um, kind of looks a bit like um, it's like a sausage, but it, yeah, it's a very manufactured. It's, it's like ham. But yeah, it is, but it's like more like spam almost when you look yeah, at it. Yeah, the like cheaper version of ham, Devon. So we have Devon yeah. and tomato sandwiches. I, yeah, I'm that's it. It's still my thunder. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate. That's what I was going to say. What's Aussie about the Devon, <laughs> and Mark's taking me for a pick six there, is uh, is the fact that we put Devon. We just slice it up, tomato sauce, sandwich, go for your life. All right, all right. Let's 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 we, we did the debate last week about Vegemite. Yes. Are you a fan of Devon and tomato sandwiches? No, yeah. me neither. I have never I've eaten them in my life. I have. Ever. My dad loves them, right? So it's very much from Mark and my parents. It was a big thing back then. Like if they had it, they had, like a lot of them absolutely loved it. My dad tried to get it onto as a kid, me as a kid. I've eaten probably one or two of them. 
but I hate it. Like, I, it's just not, it's not what I, I don't enjoy that. I don't easy, like the texture of it. Easy, I don't like it. easy snack. It's just, uh, you know, maybe to do with money conscious back in the day. Um, I steer clear of it because it's too, for me, it's too spicy. I just don't. Um, I'm more about, you know, fresh leg ham or something like that. But it is, you know, I, I don't know, you know, names and names and, and I don't know too many Devons down in in, uh, in Australia, but I don't think it would happen because of what we, you know, I Australians mean, eat. We should clarify because there's a lot in the live chat. I've never actually eaten spam. It looks like spam. It not is spam, but I guess what, what, where I was describing it with spam is that it's pro. It, it's just heavily pro. It's a heavily processed meat. So, um, yeah, not not for me. But good. Yeah, exactly as Mark said. It's uh, it's like Vegemite. It's pretty polarizing, and I. It's something that yeah, you just don't see many people sort of th- thirty-five or below. You just don't really eat it. But that's two good words though this week. That's really off. Like you've, I think we surprised each other because I thought yeah. Gronk was the, I thought Gronk was the easier one. Like I think you know, there's another bloke here in uh, NRL, uh, Cooper Cronk. He's spelled with C R O N K, and as Manly fans, and he plays for one of our rivals, the Melbourne Storm. We call him Cooper Cooper Gronk. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if you do that. I think a lot of Australians do. So, yeah, that's, it's, you know, what a segment. That's kind of put a bit, you know, last week I wasn't prepared. Uh, this week I did a bit of research. I'm like, I have to bring out Gronk because he is a bit of a bit of a nuthead. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Well, look, that brings us to the close of part one of this week's show. So if you're on the audio side, flick over to part two where we'll be talking everything more about the Super Bowl, doing a bit of a preview um, of what that looks like and also just having having a discussion around how the Steelers can get back in that big game. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.